What's up, guys? And in this episode of the Impact Defense Podcast, we're going to talk about public transportation like trains, buses, subways, and staying safe. As always, as we get started, it's Blackout Coffee. <laughs> Jada has her most podcast coffee cup slam. Today is absolutely one of my favorites. It's Pitch Black Espresso. Mm. We, have, uh, we have talked amongst us anyway. We like our coffee really, really strong and dark. And yeah, Pitch Black Espresso is pretty darn awesome. But you can check them out at impactgear.live slash coffee. Sometimes they have sales going on. And if so, be sure to just use whatever. But if they don't have a sale going on, be sure to use the coupon code impact defense because that will get you at least 10% off. All right, Jay, are you ready with a new story? Yes, I am. Awesome. All right, another personal story here. So he says, I go to walk my dog around my house pretty late at night. 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. Maybe not the smartest thing or the safest thing, but I live in the woods and away from people, so I didn't think it mattered. Anyways, I started walking downstairs and noticed my sister's door is open and the light is on. It struck me as odd considering she moved out six years ago Mm. and nobody ever goes in there. I walk in to turn the light off and close the door and I see a man trying to hide behind the closet door. Oh, Yeah. It's broken and filled with boxes, so there's no real way he could hide from me. I act like I didn't see him and went and grabbed my shotgun from the other room. Went back in and told him to move or I'd kill him. He jumped out of the closet and took off running as fast as he could right past me into the garage and out into the woods. I could have shot him, but I didn't. That's that's good in that situation. Yeah. I saw his face, and a few days earlier, he had knocked on my door claiming to know my neighbor and said he was looking for copper to sell. sell. Asked if I knew or had any old copper he could have. I gave him a few old car batteries, and that was it. He said he had two daughters and he was trying to take care of. Mm. I didn't call the cops, but that's the extent of my mercy. (laughs) If he came back the next night, he was dead. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Anyway... Okay, um, no, he, he made a really good smart choice in not shooting uh, yeah. because if the guy just runs, you are actually not under threat of death. Yes. And uh, generally speaking, at every state outside of Texas, do you have to be under threat of death before you can just shoot somebody because they're in your house? I get people argue with that with me all the time. I know. Someone continued to argue with that with me consistently. Yeah. And... I just brought out the fact of you realize that I sit through the concealed carry class, which includes the laws for use of lethal force once a month to once every two months. I don't think you can beat that with your one concealed carry class 10 years ago. Exactly. So, yeah, we do not have, especially in our state, yeah, you have a stand your ground, but it's, you know, stand your ground does not mean, oh, I can just shoot them because they're on my property. Uh, castle doctrine does not mean I can just shoot them. Okay. You still have to be under threat of death. And, and that's, that's something that a lot of people don't understand. 
Anyway, yeah, he made the right decision in not shooting him. And I thought and it was cool that he noticed uh, and was able to identify him as the man who came to his yes. door several days before. Yeah, that is good and very observant, and that is really smart. It's always good to hear also in that situation where somebody does that, realizes that they really screwed up, and then they leave. <laughs> and they don't try to like, okay, well, and just kind of like attack them and, and everything. <clears throat> yeah. So moving on into our topic today, we're talking about uh, safety on public transportation, like trains, buses, uh, subways, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, first off. We live in North Carolina and well, don't have too. subways. Well, yes, I know. But the principles stand through all of these things. I, mean, yes, I know. Just keep in mind that we might not have as much to say about subways as we do some other things yeah but i mean essentially a subway is just a train just underground yeah but i've never really done trains either oh okay well you know i not a ton of people travel by train no especially not as much anymore uh we actually talked about possibly going somewhere and taking a train just for the heck of i've been on a train before but i've never been on a train to travel a very long distance and i know kylie's never been on a train and I thought it might be an interesting experience to take a trip on a train at one point. Um, so I don't know. It's still a it's still a thought and process. But anyway, when you are on public transportation, you know, tips to make sure that you stay safe during that time. Yes. And the number one tip is going to be be aware of your surroundings. Yes, pay attention. Duh. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems like that's our tip for basically everything because awareness is at the center of all of your safety. Well, people get so caught up in what they're doing in the day-to-day that they forget to actually pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. So we pulled up uh, at a gas station the other day, and there was this dude. I mean, it was super full. I don't know why it was so full. But anyway, we pull up, and we're having a wait in line to get gas. Okay? And there was a guy directly in front of us getting gas. And he is just messing around his phone the entire time. As we're sitting there waiting, Julie goes, get off your phone. I mean, she doesn't actually say this to the guy. She says this while we're in the vehicle. She says, get off your phone. And I thought in my head at first that she was kind of going with the whole idea that, you know, you see on some gas stations, don't be on your cell phone because it could cause an electric shock and, you know, a static shock and then like blow up, which has been proven to be wrong. And that's just completely, totally like bumpkiss. Um, but anyway, that's where I thought she was going with it. And I was like, why? I mean, I don't sit there on my phone, but for safety reasons. And Julie says, because he's sitting there playing on his phone. And he's not paying attention to anything that's going on around him. And I was like, oh, yeah, she listens. <laughs> but yeah, it's just don't, you know, pay attention. You know, when you're around, don't just sit there and ignore people and try to be in your own little world. And I know a lot of people try to do that because they don't want to talk to people. And as an introverted person, I can get that, you know? Yeah. And, but it is important to note that there are other ways of being unapproachable and people not wanting to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, you can. RBF, for instance. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, it's interesting because I'm about to start reading this book called Cues, and it's about all of the nonverbal body cues that people give off and body language Mm -hmm. and there are cues for opening openness and cues for competence there there's just basically cues that give off all these different 
yeah. signals to the people around you and people recognize them even if it is subconsciously. Yeah. Um, unless there's just something that hinders them from recognizing social cues right. as well. But you never want to give the impression that you are not confident and you never want to give the impression that you are not paying attention. Right. But if you give off competence cues, you know, you stand up straight, you're uh, in control of the things around you or at least act like you are. But also, you know, come across as rigid. People also don't speak to you. Well, so, you know, um, yeah, that's true. Um, but also, just another thing, people don't understand. I think people forget entirely too many times why or how much your posture tells other people about you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I have a lot of issues with social anxiety with, you know, related around or just ordering something in public or <laughs> just not knowing fully what's expected of me in a certain I, I have certain seen you in these situations where you don't have everything fully planned out completely 100% what to say before you say something, especially when somebody's asking you for an order or something like that. And uh, it's entertaining for me. I, yeah, I know, I know it sucks. Hilarious too. I know it sucks for you. I, I got it. But like, it, it is kind of entertaining for me, but you handle it well and you still like, you don't, cower you know yes that's what people need to understand you can deal with social anxiety without coming across as weak or timid Mm -hmm. i mean i can definitely look or seem flustered whenever i don't have something fully planned out or stumble over my words but remembering to stand up straight keep uh my posture good yeah seem confident even when even when I don't know exactly what to say. Yeah. So I may not order the greatest, uh, <laughs> but I can still come across as confident even when I don't fully know what to say. And that's what people need to get is just because you or someone you know struggles with social anxiety, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they can't come across as confident exactly. or at least fake it. Yeah. I spend a lot of time faking confidence in situations that I don't feel the most comfortable in. Yeah, I, and I think husband, that's a skill that is yeah. lost anymore, honestly, because everybody just wants to say, oh, well, they've got social anxiety or I have social anxiety or something like that. I get it. You know, I, I understand completely, but that doesn't mean that you can't try. Exactly. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, do what you need to do in these situations just because it might be hard for you and it might be easier for others does not mean that is something that you should stop trying on. Yes. One of the things that someone told me once was walk like you're the one carrying the clipboard at the concert. Yeah. And (laughs) I've used that so many times. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, um, even in teaching, if there's something that I'm not sure, fully sure I know the answer to, and uh, it'd be better for someone to ask someone else, you can still direct that question to somebody else confidently. Yeah, you don't have to go like, oh, I, I don't Oh, uh, I'm not really <laughs> sure. And then you, a lot of people just let something that they don't know shatter their confidence yeah. completely. But instead you go, everything. Mm, yeah, see, that's not the best question for me. But if you go and ask this person, they probably know what you're talking about. I've seen you do that, like with parents and, and just people that ask certain questions. It's like not your necessarily area of expertise where you look and go like, you know what? I'm not the best person to ask that question to. You can ask Brian. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then they know that even though 
I don't know the answer to that question. I'm still in control. Yeah, you're still a competent individual. Exactly. And uh, one of the things that I've learned recently is that women usually give off openness cues, whereas men give off competence cues and each have to work extra hard to give off the other. Mm. So uh, women usually have to work to give off competence cues, whereas men usually have to give work to give off openness mm. cues. Um, and I know that's not the purpose of the podcast. Uh, once well, no, I, I mean, really get just... into the book, I could probably spend almost an entire podcast talking about just the cues people give off mm. without realizing them. But I think it's important for women to realize that uh, giving off openness cues it helps with nurturing and for people to want to open up to you mm -hmm. or uh, come up to you and start a conversation. But it yeah. also puts you at greater risk of someone with bad intentions coming up to you because usually if you're giving off openness cues, you're willing to let people get a whole lot closer to you yep. than others or at least willing to uh, hear them out. So uh, it makes people more likely to come up to, you, to women and ask for money and um uh, in say like a gas station parking lot than they mm. are to men things like that whereas men give off competence cues instead of openness cues so people assume they know what they're doing but also they seem a little bit more um non-approachable yeah so it's just it's interesting to know what people give off usually without trying yeah that's whereas true. It, i've learned as a martial arts instructor that that's something that usually teaches people who would naturally go a different way or naturally give off certain um lack of confidence or um, just openness without the competence yeah martial arts kind of teaches you to carry yourself with a certain competence mm -hmm. and confidence that is underdeveloped somewhere else. Yep. Just knowledge in general makes you feel more powerful and in control and can help you give off the right cues in any given moment. Yep. That is huge. I mean, really just the way you carry yourself, uh, you know, your awareness of your environment, and the posture that you're holding, those things right there make a huge difference on your whether you're going to be selected as a you know as a target or not. And we've talked about that many times. Um, but kind of you know some other tips that we have would be like to avoid you know dark bus stops or subway stops or train stops or whatever. Just avoid isolated and dark places when you are waiting to get onto public transport. Yes. It's like I'm in a, you know, if I'm at an airport, we talked about airports last time. So if I'm in an airport and it's a, you know, weird or small airport and it's like, yeah, right here, this is where like the large groups of people are to get like a taxi or something like that, which we'll talk about in the next podcast, what we do on this subject, you know, so I'm right here. But like, if I go down here, that is like, um, you know, a quarter of a mile away and it's away from everybody else and there's a train stop and nobody ever really goes down that way and all that other stuff. There are so many cues as to why I probably wouldn't go there, you know, for my, you know, safety wise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, just think about that kind of stuff. Be aware of that kind of stuff. Be aware of like how isolated are these places? Do I have to walk through certain places that are super isolated to get to there? You know, all that kind of stuff. That's just something you want to think about as well. Another thing that people don't generally think about is sitting close to either the driver or the exit. Yeah. I mean, one, especially with buses and everything, the driver likely has dealt with certain issues yeah. in the past 
and is going to be able to help you manage something if something came about, even if it's just someone mad at you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Usually the driver, they don't tend to completely butt into people's business, but they are usually fairly well averse at handling yeah. something like that because they do work with the public. And obviously that's not going to be really possible on a train or a subway, but definitely with a bus, but you know, the exit thing that's everywhere. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Um, always sit close to where an exit is not even just for self-defense, but basic self protection. Yeah. And the difference would be, you know, self-defense relating to other people, whereas mm-hmm. self-protection being any kind of natural event or problem yeah. that could arise such as a fire or a potential crash sitting next to an exit where you can leave easier will, will ultimately be better for your personal yeah. safety whether it be a person or another event. Yep. And you probably want to download a map of the routes um, of the, you know, the buses or the subway or trains, or whatever you're taking, uh, ha- have that available. So you know where you should get on, where you should get off. The more put together you are on these things, again, the less likely you are to. Uh, Brian, I have data. I can just look it up when I want to. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's true. But there are cell phone dead zones everywhere you know uh like there's some places where you know my mother-in-law lives on a highway okay she lives on a highway in north carolina and 200 yards before you get to her house you 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 have cell phone service 100 yards once you get past her house you have cell phone service where she lives it's basically dead you know, and I'm like, every time I'm heading over that direction and I know that somebody's trying, you know, we've been talking or something like, or somebody's texting back and forth with me or whatever. I'm like, okay, listen, I'm about to go to my in-laws house. Um, I probably won't get your text because she basically can't get internet there and she basically can't get cell phone service there. And it is ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, it's like if you're standing in one spot in this one particular area and you have your holding, you're holding your phone just right, you can get it. But like there's places like that everywhere. You know, it's not like, you know, with trains, uh, subways, all these places, they're going to go through areas where there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And just we have to understand that, you know, buses, all of it. Yeah. So, so remember, downloading is a fantastic tool, guys. Yep. Yeah. But the more that you know about where you should get on and where you should get off and how the bus route works or the route travel route works, the less likely you are to look like you don't know what you're doing and where you're going, which means that's less likely that you are to be selected as a target. Somebody looks good, like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing, you know. They can either be conned or just straight up mugged a lot easier. All right, so aside from uh, having a map downloaded or just knowing where to get on and off beforehand, you have know where the emergency call buttons are located. Yeah, that's that's always a good idea as well. Um, and if you can't sit near an exit, maybe you can sit near an emergency call button, you know, in the case of something. But, you know, just, I think, um, you know, there, there are just easy ways to kind of get to those things in certain times and you need to be aware of where they are and you know within reach of them or how to get to them or whatever in case something goes down now this isn't on our list of things to cover but 
taking an aisle seat if you can is a decent idea. Yeah, even the last the last podcast we were talking about planes, we were just talking about sitting on the window seat so we could see out. Yeah, but, I you know, know. I but mean, you're not going to jump out of a plane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you're pretty stuck almost no matter what. In a, yeah. in a plane, I'm not quite as worried about it just because, one, it's on a plane. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be stuck up there either way because it's not like I'm just going to try and jump out of a a, a, a port or anything. <laughs> Two, usually on a plane, you're going to see something stirring a good bit before time if you're paying attention. Yeah. And three, I think theft is more common on planes than yeah. almost anything else. Now, there was like a video. Uh, now, this is a little bit of a while back at this point in time. Uh, I think it was toward the end of last year where um, from the Warrior Poet Society, John Lovell on there was on a plane and somebody attacked someone else and he ended up like going after them and like him and another guy like took this dude down and yes. you know held, that, that kind of stuff does happen. So like aisle seats are not a bad idea anywhere because it gives you your a quicker response time to something like that. But you know. Yes. But, I mean, there's also, you don't have to worry about projectiles on a plane as a general rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think international law enforcement officers are allowed a projectile on a plane, but not much else, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you don't, and they're not going to really shoot inside of a plane most of the time. Because <laughs> that's stupid. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, but on a plane, usually it's it's a little easier to make your way to an aisle if if you would need to, and you would have a little bit more time because you're not worried about a projectile. Whereas buses and trains are different. On a bus or a train, you definitely want to have an aisle seat so that you can move out if you need to. Let's say the person that you know is on the aisle seat and you're on the window seat gets uh, shot or hurt and can't move out of the way, you're a little stuck. Yeah, so your goal is not to be trapped in a situation if something goes down in any way. You want to be able to react as quick as possible, being either escape or being able to go hands-on or whatever in a situation if it calls for it. When you're traveling, if it's on your daily routes, most of the time the people you know and trust know about when you're supposed to get on and off of that public transportation. But when you're going somewhere that you don't usually go, it is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend telling some friends where you plan on going if you're going someone out of your normal route. But in any case, it's a good idea to have some way to contact them in the event of emergency other than pulling out your cell phone and calling them each individually, which takes way more time than people give it credit for. Yeah, Especially, we're talking about a real emergency at this point in time. And... Speaking from personal experience, a lot of times your loved ones can get to you faster than the police can. But either way, something like Invisaware would be a good idea. Yeah. Because Invisaware is discreet jewelry or uh, I can't remember what options they have for men, but... They got this little like like bracelet thing that does not look feminine. You know, it's kind of a masculine thing. You know, an armband type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's those things as well. Yeah, so they have stuff for men and women, and they have some really nice stuff that actually looks pretty good. But the main point of it is that if you click a button on it twice, or I think there are some other settings that you could change, but 
the biggest point is that if you click it twice, it will send your location to up to five contacts and the police. Yes. That way you have your first response team right there, but it sends your location to them and lets them know that you need help. Mm-hmm. You have a good chance of someone being able to get to you. Yes. And so Invisware is just a really great idea, especially for subways, buses, and trains. Yep. And you can get there by going to Invisware, which is I-N-V-I-S-A-W-E-A-R.com. And uh, just use the coupon code Impact Defense, and that could get you 10% off of anything that you purchase over there. Guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast and learning things from the podcast, please go over to any podcast catcher and rate us and write a review. It helps us out. It helps the algorithm out, people to find us easier. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye, guys.